I like to say that we're all our own erotic snowflake. Love is a decision. Offering you the gift of free advice on anything you could possibly think of. Came in with five potatoes up his bottom and his excuse was he was peeling potatoes in the bath and it was an accident. All right, ask me anything with our registered and professional helper, sexologist, <laughs> pleasure activist and relationships counsellor, Tanya Coons. Hey, Bridie. I'm very excited for this. Me too. I'm wondering what we're going to get. I know. It's the end of the year. This is our gift to you. Yes. Instead of having your questions answered by internet strangers, why not have a free free guidance from a professional? Absolutely. This is your chance to ask any question you want about sex, relationships, life, love, all sorts of things. Now, we'd love you to call up if you're feeling like it and you want to get in touch and ask live on air. 833-22999 is the number to punch into your phone. Uh, we'd love you to text in if you're interested, or we even have an Ask FM page set up so you can type in LTAS945, find us and ask a question uh, there anonymously. Now, I think we're going to go straight to our Ask FM page for the first question today. Great, bit let's of, do it. Bit of a heavy one to start off with, but I think it's really interesting, and I'm sure a lot of people have had this question and you know not n- known what to do. It says, hi, my girlfriend was in a heavily abusive relationship not long before we started dating. At the moment, I am unsure whether she's going out with me only because I'm safe and nice, a safe and nice option, or because she genuinely likes me. What can I do to distinguish the difference? Wow. That, I mean, th- that's a really big question. And I think it applies across a lot of things because don't many of us often ask ourselves, does this person really like me, Like, regardless of the context? So I think possibly if you're a nice person going out with somebody after being in an abusive relationship, that will contribute to them liking you. But there's got to be more than just that. Yep. So if this person keeps coming back to you, if they keep showing up, if they keep wanting to see you, if they keep being interested in you, it sounds to me when those things are in place, like they might like you as well and not just who you are. So have a look at how you're behaving. Are you rescuing or saving or doing things like that? And maybe check your behavior on that. There's a difference between um, being there to serve and to be supportive than fixing and rescuing. So maybe check in with yourself about how you're conducting yourself and then do a little, um, I don't know, stock take or check in with yourself around how often is this person showing up for me and, and what interest are they showing in me, myself? This is Let's Talk About Sex. We are answering your questions today. Well, Tanya Coons is answering <laughs> your questions. I'm asking on behalf of you and you still have time to get them in. So Give us a text on 0409 945 945. If something sprigs to mind, oh, I actually do have a good question. Now, we're not just doing relationships, as you just heard. Yep. There are also some sexy questions here. So this one's a short but sweet one. <laughs> I cannot come when I'm on top. Help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not a lot um, to work with there, but do no, your best. No, there's not a lot. Um, maybe that position isn't the right one for you. You know, I think... It, uh, sexual positions depends a lot on um, genital configuration, how relaxed you are, how much you're enjoying it. 
Uh, so some positions don't work for everybody. If you think back to the Kama Sutra, right, this is a, a beautiful guideline for people in different sexual positions. And the Indians who wrote the book, they, they gave three different types of men and three different types of women. In fact, I'm really wondering how they're going to address non-binary folk. I would think it's more genital configuration because there are people of certain shapes and sizes that some positions work well for, but no one position works well for everybody. So you might enjoy being on top, but that might not be the one that gets you that gets you right off. Sound advice indeed. Our pleasure activist, sexologist and relationships counsellor is answering your questions today. Get in touch on the text line as this person has. Will Tinder hookups lead to a long-term relationship? Oh, I've seen that in my friendship circle. Yes, they can. It's it's not always it's not 100% given it depends what people are looking for, but some people, you know, wander into a hookup situation and find that there was much more than they anticipated coming at them. So I guess be open. Um, Tinder's not just a hookup site. There are a lot of people and they're genuinely looking for relationships. Uh, so I guess it depends what you're looking for. Sometimes you say, no, I'm not looking for that and, and accidents do happen. And other times it's like, well, this is what I'm looking for and I'm straight up about that. So, yeah, I think you can find relationships. I've seen it happen. You're at FBI 94.5 on digital and online. The next question is, so you've slept with someone, they're not seen them in a while. They come to visit town and... When you make plans, they spend the whole time ignoring you and talking to other girls, but still continue to make plans and do the same thing. WTF does this mean? Well, uh, ooh, so, so what is that? You, you've slept with someone. They've come to town yep. to visit you. Okay, to visit you. Oh, And when you make plans, they spend the whole time ignoring you and talking to other girls. Right. So they've and come then continue to, to make plans and with and, you, yeah, and doing the same thing over and over. Right. So, so they're. Oh, I'm trying to understand this. So you mm. had this thing with someone that they've, they've been away. They've come in to visit you specifically, or they're in town for Christmas. It seems. Uh, <laughs> it just says they've come to town to visit. Yeah. So maybe they're not visiting you if they're chatting to other people all the time and they're not making plans with you. Yeah, but they, they are making plans by the looks. Yeah. Just to hang out with you, but then during that time you're spending together. Right. They're chatting to other people. Oh, so tuning other people as in I want to yes. go on dates. Yes. Oh, okay, right. Um, <laughs> doesn't sound like they're that committed to the situation, does it? Mm. And maybe that's, uh, I don't know, I'd be checking in with that person. Like, are you in town to see me? Because I'd really like you to spend time with me. Depends what arrangements you have. Are you in an open relationship? Are you in a relationship at all? Like, are you just hooking up? Uh, and would you prefer not to know about them chatting to other people if that's the case? Because some people are like, you know what, we're not doing anything here apart from getting naked from time to time, but I really don't want to know what else you're doing. I think this person is looking for a sign that maybe the person who's doing it is trying to play hard to get. Like, what does this mean if someone's doing this? Well, it could mean that they're very candid uh, and just were like, this is what I'm doing. I'm just letting you know very obviously mm, that I'm not seeing interested. other people yeah. or not interested. Yeah. Because it's not very respectful, I think, if you haven't chatted about what's what's okay with the two of you. I think, you know, if you're seeing other people and you're both open about it, great. But if you're not, maybe being a little discreet, that's a, it's a difficult way to tell someone. My preference would rather be like, hey, while I'm in town, I want to see other people. I'm just letting you know uh, how, how does that sit with you so that there's some conversation about it rather than finding out because they're like, woohoo, I've got a Tinder date tonight. That's a bit of a surprise. This is Let's Talk About Sex on Mornings, and we are answering your questions today. Yeah. It's our gift to you. Yeah. 
If you've had anything that's maybe twigged a memory or something that you've always wanted to ask, you have the chance today to get advice from a sexologist, pleasure activist and relationships counsellor. Tony Coons has kindly donated her time today to answer anything you want from her wealth of knowledge. We're going to go to a track now, but you can get in touch on 0409. 945 945, that's the text line, or go to our Ask FM page and ask anonymously. Or if you feel like being brave, why not give us a call and get in touch on 833 This is Peach Wigs, Ebb and Flow. twigs ebb and flow a beautiful relaxing soundtrack for your monday morning so we have had jason call in with a question for you tanya jason take it away um hi i suppose i'm uh, just curious I'm, I'm i'm sort of 50 and was divorced a few years ago and I've, I've, i got into a pretty good relationship i'm in a pretty good relationship for about the last two years yeah um we get on really well the sex is really great but i'm increasingly uh, attracted to uh, other women and probably a little bit younger as well. Whilst I don't really want to break up because we get on well, I'm just sort of concerned at what point am I not being honest with, with her and, and also being honest with myself. I'm in love. I'm, I love her, but I, I don't think I'm really in love with her and it's a little bit confusing. You know, do we ever feel that early love that we have in our early years or, you know, Again, Tony, you must get this sort of thing all the time in your line of work, couples uh, coming in after years and years who, I do. who've lost that initial spark. I'm really glad that you rang in uh, with this, Jason, because it's a, a really good question uh, on so many levels. One, um, it's really normal for us to be in relationship but be attracted to other people. Um, I always like the words of the immortal Dan Savage in this. He says, you know, let's face it, you're always going to want to fuck other people. This is true. And that shows that you're a normal human being with um, desires and you're paying attention. Uh, The statement, you know, I love my partner but I'm not sure if I'm in love with them is really interesting. And I reckon if I had a dollar for every time someone said that to me, I'd be independently wealthy right now. I think what people are hoping for and what you alluded to is, you know, are we going to feel like we did in the beginning of the relationship? And the answer to that is no, because when we meet somebody new, when we get a new lover, our skin will hit contact their skin and our body goes, ah, that's somebody new. This is exciting and it sends a flush of hormones through the body because we're hardwired to find a mate. So what happens when we get these hormones is we're very interested, we're very interesting, there's lots of spontaneous sex, lots of fun, adventurous sex. The pleasure center of the brain takes over and starts running the show for about 6 to 24 months. And it's that whole, you hang up, no, you hang up, lovey-dovey sort of feeling that's going on, that really delicious falling in love stuff. But once those hormones go away, and they do, they don't ever come back. And that's where we have to decide and work at not only our relationship, but our intimate life. So that's what I say to people. I think that love is a decision, right? So we can be in love when we're falling in love. But when we want to be in a relationship, if you think it's a great relationship, then you're deciding every day to show up. You're deciding every day not to act on impulses to see other people or you're deciding to negotiate being able to do that depending on what kind of relationship you have. But you're making decisions every day about love. It's a doing word.
not a being word. There you go, Jason. Thank you so much for being brave and uh, getting on the line to give us that question. Okay, no worries. Really appreciate it. You can also check out, if you want, we have a podcast on polyamory from a previous episode that's up, Let's Talk About Sex podcast. Just type that into Google and you should find the FBI Radio one. Yeah, I should have done a Desire one as well, I reckon. I I feel like we've covered these topics (laughs) many times, but they're ones that just come up again and again and again. People wondering... Uh, why am I attracted to other people? Shouldn't my partner be the only one I see? But it's all no, chemical. Yeah, it's chemical. And also, you know, what are those What are those notions? We live in a society that values monogamous relationships. So we try and, you know, gear life to, you know, two people staying together forever. And basically, you know, when, when marriage was invented, people didn't live very long. They were living only to their late 30s. Now people are living into their 90s and they're expected to give the services of a whole village, right? It's a little bit difficult and a little bit different to when things started. So we need to sort of have a look at that and be kind and understanding to ourselves as well. Thank you again, Jason, for getting yeah. in touch. And if you have a question like Jason, or maybe it's something a little bit more... I don't know, frivolous and fun. Uh, <laughs> tips, techniques. <laughs> tips, techniques. Maybe you want to share a story with us. Yeah. Do get in touch. The text line is 0409. 945-945. We'd love to hear from you. Tanya Coombs is a resident sexologist here on Mornings, pleasure activist and relationships counsellor. So you'll be getting free professional guidance for your love, sex and dating Absolutely. Uh, I reckon we go to a track and... Uh, Hopefully hear from you after this one. Angus, I can tell your laugh is fake. (laughs) (laughs) On mornings, this is Let's Talk About Sex. I Can Tell Your Laugh Is Fake is the name of the song by Angus One. I'm joined by Tanya Coons, our resident sexologist and pleasure activist. <laughs> I love that title for you. Me too. Our Christmas gift to you is Tanya is letting you ask her anything today, anything you want, any question about relationships, sex, and in this case, a teapot. <laughs> Lib in Katoomba, what is your question for Tanya Coons today? Hi, Tanya. How are you going? Hey, Lib. Hi, <laughs> look, I heard this the other night when I was talking to my friend who, as I said, is a, a nurse who works in accident and emergency. And, ah. um, yeah, and she said, that she told me this story about a guy who had shoved an entire teapot up his ass. Oh and my I Lord. was thinking, how is that possible? How is that but, even I mean, possible? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how large the teapot is, but I think of a standard teapot and I think that is enormous, right? Well, yes, they're all, all. I like that you bring up what size was the teapot. Not to mention the shape of the teapot. <laughs> yes, I think yeah, sometimes but, going in might but, be good, but coming out may not be so good. I'm yeah, figuring. Well, you sort of think you might start with the spout, and then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Liv. So you I think, uh, in the words of a friend of mine, he sings a lovely song about this. Anything's a dildo if you're brave enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need Quote. time and you need inclination um, with those sorts of things. And you do need to think that through a little carefully because putting anything up your bottom that doesn't have a handle or a mechanism to retrieve it um, yeah. could... It technically uh, could, does have a handle. Well, <laughs> depends which way you started, but yes. Uh, and that's possibly why they wound up in hospital. You've got to think about things coming back out again. So I'm pretty mm. sure that in the moment it might have felt like a great idea, but you have to think things through and you need time. Uh, for your body to uh, accommodate that and to also get that back out again. 
Thanks so much for <laughs> Thanks, your Lib. question, Lib. That's I a hope. great question. <laughs> <laughs> we really. I've spoken to other people who have worked um, in, you know, sort of accident emergency before, yeah. and they see this sort of stuff all the time. But yes. that was probably the most extreme example that I'd ever heard of. I think my favourite <laughs> story from a and is a guy who came in with five potatoes up his bottom, and his excuse was he was peeling potatoes in the bath and it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Liv and Katuma. And shout out to our nurses working in emergency rooms, uh, (laughs) helping us through some of our less graceful moments in life. (laughs) Now, we're going to get to a few more questions here. Just quickly on this one, does weed or cocaine make sex better? Just came in on the text line. Good question. Um, I think cocaine and Class A drugs, if you are a person with a penis, it can, for about 80% of people, impede your ability to have an erection or your performance. So be aware of that if you're doing those sorts of things. So it might make you feel great and feel invincible and feel super sexy and then you may not be able to perform in the way that you want to. Um, weed, uh, it can, would be my answer to that. It depends on people. It depends on the person, but uh, I hear a lot of stories about that enhancing people's um, sensations and ability to relax, that sort of stuff. I'm not advocating that you must take any drugs to make sex feel better. I'm a big believer in just turning up and being present. And breath Being work. the drug you need. And breath, yeah, breath is an erotic pump. Don't go past the breath. Now, here's one more on the relationships sort of side of questioning. I'm in love with my ex. We talk every day. And last time I saw him, he kissed me. I don't know what to do or what to think. Wow. Thank you for sharing that on the text line. Yeah, thank you. What a predicament. Um, I'm wondering how they came to be an ex. Uh, Whose decision was that? Um, Are we reevaluating it? Sometimes, uh, and also how long they've been your ex, because I think sometimes when we're separating out, the very person we want to speak to about our distress or about our everyday stuff still is our ex. um, And it's hard to separate. Um, So maybe that some of those feelings are there while you're still trying to separate out. I don't know. Mm. Um, It's definitely worth asking questions about because sometimes this stuff happens when all the stresses of the relationship are now gone. It's like, right, we've decided to end this. It wasn't working. But the attraction can still be there. So a lot of people have breakup sex, which can lead to one person going, phew, that was fantastic. Now we don't have all the relationship stuff. But the other person going, well, this means we're back together. So I probably want to clarify that with the ex saying, what do you think that meant? Uh, Was it just us sort of connecting because we really care about each other or are we intending to do something more with that? Mm. Good luck with that. That's a tricky one. And take care and thank you for getting involved. I think we're going to go to a track and we'll come back with one more opportunity for you to (laughs) have your questions on love and life and dating and relationships and sex and sex (laughs) and teapots. (laughs) Tanya Coons, our resident sexologist from Surrey Hills Therapy, is here to answer your questions. Jaguar Jones, kill me with your love. Tanya Coons is joining me right now for Let's Talk About Sex. We've got time for just a couple more of your questions before we've got to get out of here today. Real quick. I'm 24 years old and have never masturbated. I've just never felt the urge to. Is there something wrong with me? Oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with you, but I always advise people to um, have a go at masturbating because you learn about your body and what you like when you're doing that. So it's a great time for self-discovery, self-exploration, 
personal development and it will also help you if you're having partnered sex with somebody, give them some instructions on things that you may enjoy. We've got an anatomy question here. Is there any difference in sensation between vaginas with uh, different sized labia during intercourse? Okay, so it's vulvas with different sized labia yeah. um, during intercourse. Oh, that's a really interesting question as well. It depends whether there's you're getting friction on the labia and also it depends on you. Some people are very sensitive in their labia, some people are not. Like we're all, I like to say that we're all our own erotic snowflake, right? We have a different imprint. So some people touching their labia is really, really sexy and erotic. Some people it can really get them off. Other people are like, meh, whatever. They're just there, they get in the way sometimes or know that, you know, I don't even notice them. So I guess it depends on the person and how they're configured and what they're doing with intercourse. Last one I think we've got time for today. Hi, I am a 23-year-old male. I recently met a girl. She's a bit of there's a bit of a thing starting. She's a bit older, 29 years old, and I'm concerned about how to navigate the age difference. Is there some things I should be considering? Um, I wonder what needs navigating at, at the moment. You know, so uh, do you like doing different things because of your age difference? Uh, is it about uh, getting naked? Because that kind of stuff, I'm like, just explore. You know, you're you're two people having a conversation via your bodies. It's more like, what are you worried about? Because if you're going to put that in your head, worrying about the age difference all the time, that actually might run some interference with being able to genuinely relate. Um, I know lots of people that have dated at different different differing age gaps. Uh, it really depends on the connection you have with the person. So I would be focusing on that. Sometimes it shows up in the activities you like to do. Pick the things that you both like to do. Mm. Do the things that are age specific with your friends. Tanya Coons, it's been an absolute pleasure, as oh, always. It's so lovely to be had on the show. And thank you for the year, Bridie. What a wonderful opportunity to dive deep in some great topics we've done. We have dived deep. Dove, Dave. Dove. Dove. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all up, uploaded as a podcast. Yeah. For you to listen back to, we've got a whole range of topics. Our gift to you continues on. And if you've missed your question or you think you might have missed your question, this episode too will be podcasted. Absolutely. And we'll be back next year. Yes. Yeah. FBI Radio 94.5. Let's talk about sex. We'll catch you next year. Tanya Coons, Yay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.